And hello and welcome to the Bellingen Coworking Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Woodward. We're back after a bit of a winter hibernation and we'll be bringing you a whole variety of local people over the next couple of months uh, to help you not only survive in your business, uh, but, but thrive as well. And today we're having a chat about writing. And the funny thing I find about writing is that because everyone writes, uh, they're an expert on writing. Because everyone reads the paper, they're an expert on the media. And because everyone votes, uh, they're an expert in uh, politics. But today we're talking about a, a basic subject in business and in life, and that's writing. And I'm talking with Eve Yamenka, and we're going to be having a chat about writing, and more so uh, in a business context. And she runs a public relations agency here on the Coffs Coast called Loudon Up. And Eve's background is in the print media. And Eve, you worked uh, in the UK, I believe, uh, on a whole host of uh, newspapers. Yeah, I did. Uh, I worked for 10 years in the UK. On I did the rounds on Fleet Street, basically. Fleet Street, the metaphoric sense, because it doesn't actually exist anymore. But yeah, I was lucky enough to work on some of the biggest news desks in the world and uh, in the print uh, side of it as well, where words and headlines and captions, every every little word had to punch above its weight and space was at a premium, not like with the internet. Exactly right. And what was one of the biggest lessons you learned out of your time in newspapers and like an editor saying to you, chop that from 600 words down to 200 words, but get across the same message. What what was the biggest thing you learned out of that? Yeah, well, that's actually something that, that we did a lot was having to tell a story in 150 words, then plump it back up to 600 words and pare it back down to 400. The biggest thing I learnt in that and what I'm so grateful for in business as well is is putting the reader at the centre of everything. So if I had a very complicated court report or political story coming out of the press um, gallery, it would always be, what does the reader need to know next to make sense of this? And that would just literally help the stories write themselves. Even if you are under really high pressure doing it on the front page, with five minutes to press time, just being aware of what readers know at that moment, what they need to know next to make sense of what's happening in the news. A lot of people get very frightened of writing. They say, I can't write for, for crap, you know, or whatever. And I myself have worked in the business for, you know, 20 or 30 years, and I don't know the difference between passive voice and active voice and past participles and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. When you sit down to approach a writing assignment for a client or you know, for your own website, promoting yourself. How, how do you start off your approach to that writing assignment? Um, well, again, um, again, I think about who's going to be reading it. I, I, put, I put people... I, I, everything makes sense if you think, think about the context of what you're doing. So when a client asks me to write something for them, the first thing I ask them is who's going to be reading it and how much do they already know? And I, I probably won't even sit down to start until I know that because I know that that will make whatever I'm putting on that page the most effective um, material I can make. Hmm. And then, then uh, what about the difference between you know, writing for various topics? You, you speak about the importance of writing uh, for your audience, but then again, you've got things like letter writing or tender writing. You've got submission writing to government departments, and then you've also got like PR or advertising copy. What What are some of the things that people should be thinking about when approaching maybe those sort of three those three types of writing? Sure. Well, what you've identified there are the types of writing that you'd encounter as a business owner. So business owners are 
often in the position where they need to write a submission to achieve a certain purpose. Um, and before I answer that question as well, I mean, when I'm, I, I also think that these skills are really important just in talking about your business. It's really great training to when you sit down to write a blurb about your business, that would be the kind of answer you'd give in a networking situation where you get the dreaded what do you do question, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every, every, ki- every context that you identified there has a different purpose. So obviously if you are writing a submission, you'd want to probably look at other submissions to see which ones have been successful before you. A lot of them call for adding stats and evidence and looking really closely at the questions that you need to address in a submission is really important especially if it's for a grant or for um, you know uh, I write a lot of award submissions like for uh, you know that's a really effective uh, PR vehicle these days now that the media is media's role is really disappearing out of PR um, arguably for businesses so uh, to break through in those award uh, submissions I do have a very good success rate, but the reason, like people always ask me, like, how did you manage to, it's, it's actually being really aware of what the judges would want to know. And the fact that they may be reading your submission at the end of the day, they may be tired, you want to grab them straight away. So that it's still, it's still writing for the audience, but I don't want to oversimplify what that actually means, writing for the audience. Yeah. I do some judging uh, in the marketing industry for Mumbrella. I'm a judge uh, in the Mumbrella Awards, and I get shocked at just how bad uh, some of the submissions are. They don't answer the criteria, and they don't put the basic information in there. And one of the things I do whenever I do a submission, I've done a few recently for Parliament, is I go back and look at the terms of reference uh, that yeah. they put out to make sure that we've, you know, either answered every question or said why we haven't answered uh, a particular part um, of the uh, terms of reference. They're basically giving you a scaffold yes, to yes. build your whole submission on. It's free information yeah, to, yeah, to get, get it over the line. Yeah, That's a good way to look at it because one of the other things uh, that I do when I sit down to write a, a major assignment, I know a lot of people sit down on their computer and they open pages or Word or Google Docs and they just start writing yep. rather than what I try and do is sit down and think I'll, I'll map it out on a piece of paper and then you know and then go back and then uh, input it into you know a document that I'm building uh, on there that's the way I do it how do you approach a major writing assignment I probably shouldn't admit this but I think I've just been doing this for so many years uh, and I've done it under really high pressure situations that before I by the time I actually do sit down to start I've done a lot of thinking and prep already and that the writing of it is just writing out what's formed in my head from the basis of that it's quite rare that I would map out a long assignment. Um, could you give me an example of like, hmm. what, what, what would be a Well, for example, like if I'm sitting, I had to sit down and write a submission to government recently, so I thought, okay, what do I want these characters to take away? One is I want them to know about our organisation. Two is to know about our overall position. And then three, I wanted to go into the detail of what we wanted to get across and then within that detail there was minor detail so I just kind of mapped it out in dot point form then dropped that into a word document then came back and just started to embellish everything that I'd uh, put out just so I had you know that um, you know scaffolding or you know architecture uh, to to that uh, sort of document. Yeah I mean that's really important and people kind of take for granted that professionals like yourself find it oh it's easy for them you know you guys do it for a living it's really actually 
if that doesn't go away, that need for a support, like a subheading that will jog mm. your, oh, this is what I want to say next. So that's a really good way to map it out. I think but most of my long writing assignments that I do for clients already have a natural, they, I'm either answering a form or I'm rewriting their website where I've already mapped out what I want to say. So yeah, having a map is really important. If it's something like a advertorial, which I, I know that a lot of business owners do have the opportunity to write themselves, um, the, the best thing to do, again, is to be really aware of the reader and rather than starting about the business, maybe look at it from a more story perspective, a storytelling perspective, and what would grab you if you were reading it and go in with that first. So that, that would be something I'd write straight away. And what makes you really cross or mad when you read something and you go, ah, <laughs> what drives you mad in writing? I hate to say the grammar does really bother me, but that's because I've got a degree in grammar as well as in journalism. But um, I think for me, it's just missed opportunities and not not understanding what something's about. So I will often be reading something, even in the broadsheets uh, where I'm reading a story and I'm like, what the assumed knowledge about what I know and then I'm feeling very lost while I'm reading I like it doesn't lay out it doesn't hold me by the hand and walk me through the information basically so I find that really frustrating the thing that drives me mad is long sentences ah, that yeah. uh, that really gets me wild and it's very easy to make you know chop a long you know four line sentence up into two or three bits and uh, and all that kind of stuff and one of the other things that I um, got taught when I first started writing was uh, my first boss when I jumped the fence from journalism into PR he said just write like the Daily Telegraph write as though you're a Daily Telegraph writer then read it back as though a TV newsreader is reading it to you just to see how it sounds on the ear so it's not just what you read in front of you it's what it sounds like as well and that's something I always read it back and you can chop sentences up then, you know, to make them shorter. So yeah, that's a good tactic. Yeah, yeah. it's a tactic I, I used uh, years ago. Now, you recently addressed the Bellingen co-working group, and I, I couldn't be there, unfortunately, but I understand you raised the issue of ostriches. What was all that about? <laughs> raised is the correct... Yeah, raise your head <laughs> well, out of the ostrich. sand. Very <laughs> deep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I went through... A f like, so that, that workshop was about um, writing an effective business blurb uh, as in an about us blurb that sits on your website or the kind of blurb that's on your LinkedIn or Facebook business page or your little elevator pitch that you say verbally when people ask you about your business um, and while there's no you know foolproof formula like the biggest thing I wanted uh, the participants that day to take away was what we've just been talking about is being aware of who's reading and the second thing is about being timely with that blurb so your business is going to be coming at potential customers um, at a certain time and space they're going to be worried about certain issues and to, to know what they're worrying about and what most people are worrying about what the pain points are um, I've I really question that you'll be able to do that effectively if you don't read the news, listen to the radio, yes. listen to some podcasts, yep. and especially if you're a business owner whose um, business is giving advice to people. I mean, your advice needs to be informed and yep. it needs to mm -hmm. kind of understand the world that you're operating yes, exactly. in. So 
Yeah, I do come across people a lot and a lot of business owners in this region who are extremely astute. They're very talented, but they will say, oh, no, I don't read the papers. Oh, I don't watch the news or no, no, no. It's always bad news. It's too depressing. And it's not really about that. It's I don't think you can afford not to watch the news and know what, what people are discussing in politics and current affairs. We can't operate in a bubble. Exactly right. And just going back to you, what you were saying, you have uh, academic qualifications in um, uh, grammar. I don't, and I live at home alone and do a lot of my writing uh, alone. One of the things I use is an online service called Grammarly. It costs yeah. about 120 bucks a year, yeah. checks my spelling, checks my grammar. It's not perfect. It's a little bit Americanized, but as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, better than nothing and picks up um, a lot of mistakes. So any final uh, tips and tricks uh, for people listening in today on how to be a better business writer? Um, I think just, yeah, the, the biggest, like I, I do really drum at home and people always ask me, oh, how did you come up with that? It's, a, it's actually, a lot of the time it's about listening and then what you're, even though, you know, if you've seen the little megaphone girl yes. on my logo, actually uh, at, the, at the workshop the other day I showed people a uh, what are they called? Earphone? Yes, yes, ear, yes. ear horn? Yep. Ear horn, yep. Ear trumpet? Yes. Um, that's really what you've got to do. To be a good business writer, it's, yeah, I'd say it's at least 70% listening and only 30% of talking. If there's anything to maybe take away for business writing for now is, is when you do write something that's going on your website or that's going in a magazine or whatever the context is get somebody else to read it who you can trust to be as brutally honest as possible. Um, if they don't understand it, uh, chances are no one else will. So at least just get get like a hardened opinion from colleagues or a friend or your spouse or whoever it is. Good advice. And tell us a little bit about your business. How can you help listeners? Well, I um, I help businesses by articulate or helping them articulate what it is they actually do or what they offer or describe their products. Um, my business was born out of uh, a need, really. I, I come across and I, I work for incredibly astute and accomplished professionals, specialists, experts, and the thing that that everybody struggles with, even us as professional writers, is articulating what it is we do. Um, unfortunately, out there in the world, uh, you are really judged by that more than ever if your shop front is on the internet. And um, so that's what I do, is just get, get that across as effectively as possible via their websites, their submissions, their PR, whatever they need, um, I, I help my clients. and. All right, well, let's leave it there. That's the Bell Engine Coworking Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Woodward, back next week talking more local business so that we can not only survive but also thrive as well. Have a good week. Bye for now.